Hi there and welcome to the show. I'm Jerry Ann Savelle and we are wrapping up. This is week four of Overcoming Hopelessness. I trust that you've been able to watch the shows and that um, hopelessness has left you and hope has come. And if you haven't had the opportunity, go back and watch the other shows. You know, it's just so important as a child of God that we get a revelation that the God of hope lives down on the inside of us. And there is no reason why you should be walking around hopeless because the God of hope is in you and walk you through every single thing if you trust in Him and believe in Him and walk through it with Him. You don't have to do this thing alone. Today I want to talk to you about your attitude. You know, your attitude is everything. It will really locate and indicate where you're at. If you are got a bad attitude or a good attitude, regardless of what you're going through, we need to have an attitude that has a confidence and a hope in our God that He's going to get us through anything and everything. Your attitude is everything while you're going through the storm. It indicates where you're at. And I was online the other day and I, I saw this story about this young boy. He was from Nigeria and he um, was of a family, I believe there were like seven children. His father died when he was a really young boy and he was sent off to live with some other relatives. Well, he was basically abandoned. I mean, he was left on the streets. He was living in the slums. He was begging for food. He said he would, you know, find trees and get the, uh, the rotten apples and the fruit that had fallen to the ground. And that's what he was living on. He said, though, that he had a dream that he was going to live abroad and he was going to go to university. That was his dream. He had this hope inside of him. But you know what? His life did not look like he'd ever make it to university. I mean, he was living on the streets. He said he had this hope and that people would laugh and make fun of him. Well, you know what? That young man graduated from college with honors, wrote books, speaks all over the country. And the thing I loved what he said, he said, I remained resolute in my hope. I refused to give up and then my story changed. You know what? Your story can change today if you will stay in hope because the God of hope is down on the inside of you and he can change anything and your story can change. Watch the special announcement and we'll be right back in just a few moments. Welcome back, and I hope that you'll go check out the new website, jerrysavelle.org. You know, the last several weeks, I've been sharing with you overcoming hopelessness and that God cares about every situation that you go through. And I'm so excited today that I have my special guest with me. And this girl has been through something that others would say was hopeless, but she's been through something, and I want her to share it with you today. Welcome, my friend, Lisa. Do I tell people how long we've known each other and 
what, we went to high school, do we say it? It's okay. 30, <laughs> 30 years ago, we went to high school we together. And listen, this girl helped me pass algebra. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna tell you how she helped me, but just trust me, she helped me pass algebra. <laughs> She's a smarty. Me, not so much with the math, but thank you for helping me pass high school. <laughs> Who would have thought? I know. So I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you know, you your me. story is so inspiring and just, man, there are people that go through things and your story shows me that you can get through anything, that there's hope when it looked completely hopeless. So Lisa, tell us from the beginning, you went to the doctor for what, a checkup or what happened? Tell us what happened. Well, um, I'm a breast cancer survivor, nine years. Um, started out with doing my normal checks like you always do. Everything was good, not a problem in the world. Um, three weeks after a well check that was good, I noticed a lump, um, called the doctors to be safe. They decided to bring me in. Um, went for a diagnostic check and um, left there knowing that I had cancer and um, needed to contact a surgeon. Like right away. I mean, you walk in thinking. I went by myself thinking that oh, they'll do tests and get back with me. Nobody was really stressed out. I wasn't stressed out. Didn't feel the need to worry anybody. So I did it alone mm -hmm. and um, was told you have cancer. And um, wow. now listen, when when you hear that word, the, the big C the word, big C. Mm -hmm. now your family has had it a lot in your right. family. Right. So you've experienced it and walked through it. On the other side On of the that. other yeah. side. But when you hear it for mm -hmm. your own self, yeah. the C word, yeah. what happens? Well, it's scary. Um, it drops you to your knees and then you think, okay, I can do this. I've seen um, my mom, who's a two-time breast cancer survivor, and her twin sister um, fight through and, and come out on the other side, and I knew there was hope. Um, I just had to get on my fighting gloves and be ready to, to move forward. Right, and I know you're, a you're little, but you're a <laughs> strong and tough girl. I know uh, that. <laughs> well, you know, there's days that you feel tough, and there's days you don't feel so tough. Mm -hmm. But um, I just kept telling myself, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. I, I can, I can get through this. Um, and knowing, you know, his word, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 would tell us, my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, there's days that that's the only thing that would get you through, but. Yeah. Um, so you did what you had to do. You had the surgeries. Mm -hmm. Something you told me in your story that was just so amazing is I think your son was like six years old at the time, and your daughter was, what, 13? Mm -hmm. And you made a decision to not really let them in on this. Well, I knew um, at the time, at their age, they were the same age that my brother and I were, ironically, when we found out my mom had it. And I knew how scary it was for us. And, um, you know, to begin with, I got with a team of doctors, very comfortable with, with our plan of what we were gonna do just wanted to know what my goal was. Mm -hmm. And I said, my goal is to be here to raise my children and mm -hmm. watch them grow old. Right. I mean, that's whatever we have to do. So um, we took an aggressive approach, um, explained to them, I don't, didn't really have cancer in my schedule. So we need to do this fast. I wanna run through this. You were coaching 
What, baseball? Boys baseball, wow. of all things, boys yeah. baseball. Yes, and so um, I knew with my 13-year-old um, daughter that we would give her enough information so that she wasn't caught off guard. Um, I was very active in the community, so I knew the word would be out there. So I didn't want her to be caught off guard, so explained to her, you know, mom does have cancer. Um, they feel they've caught it early and it's treatable, gonna have surgery and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, never gave her more information than she needed and not too far into the future, right. just enough to know we'll be okay. Right. My six-year-old, he's a boy and he just wanted to play ball. Mm -hmm. So um, explained to him that, hey, mom's gonna have surgery. He didn't ask questions. We didn't give him any more information. Um, said, I'll be down a day or so and we'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, explained that to my ball family. They were incredible. Um, same thing with their kids. The only thing that bothered me is that knowing I would lose my hair, mm -hmm. I just felt that would be fearful to them, mm -hmm. something they hadn't seen. So I made the decision to um, not let them in on that. When she told me this yesterday, I think yes. we were talking, it was eight months. Yes. She would get up early in the morning and stay up late before her children woke up or went to bed because she never wanted them to see her without hair. I just felt that That would... is amazing, Lisa. <laughs> it, was, it was just your mom instincts trying to protect your kids yeah. and you didn't want them to be fearful for no reason. And so um, I was like, I have this. I just don't want to look, I don't want them to be fearful. I couldn't stand that. So, And you weren't letting cancer take over your life. No. no. Um, the day they scheduled surgery, I told them, I said, I will do this, but I need to be on the ball field tomorrow. And I said, I have a ball game to coach. And we were in the middle of all stars. And they said, we will let you if you feel like it, but we have never had a patient that has come in and had a double mastectomy. You aren't feeling sorry for yourself either. No, there was you know no what? time for that. You, that's huge. Yeah, there that's was huge. There was no time for that. And so um, I just said, you know, to the doctors, I, I will be out tomorrow. And they said, well, if you can bear it, we will let you. And so um, within 24 hours of a 12 hour surgery, I was out of the hospital and back on the ball field. Um, and oh. a major surgery, major. Major surgery, yes. yeah, they, that's what they told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a little bit slower that day, but I was there. Um, you know, just showing up, even when you didn't feel like it, yeah. was the key and in staying involved. That's what got me through. Basically. Well, that's what we're talking about is today about your attitude. You know, when circumstances come up in your life, your attitude is gonna locate where you are and what you truly believe. And your testimony is just so huge to me. I was, when I was talking to you yesterday, I thought, could I go eight months, you know, without like in front of my children and, you know, like crying and stressing out and like, could I do that? Well, His grace is sufficient. His grace is so sufficient. I don't know, because I haven't been in that situation, but I think it's amazing that you made that decision to just keep being a mama, keep living life, so that your babies weren't worried and scared, it's huge. I did have a huge village. Um, you know, lots of help, lots of support, a best friend that was there all the time, a mom that had been through it, an aunt that was there, a cousin that's like a sister that never left. And then um, my sister-in-law, um, 
my brother's wife was, was there all the time. And then my husband's sister was incredible. She just stepped in and never missed a beat. If there was something I couldn't make it with my kids, she just shuffled them around like, mm -hmm. like Uber. Yeah. She just got them around where they needed to be. And, and um, because their daily lives continued to be the same, they didn't realize, yeah. you know, mom was sick for a little bit. Now, did you have any moment or you closed the bathroom door maybe or the bedroom door and you just? There, the first time when, um, you know, it completely, when I was first diagnosed, it was, I need a plan. So I was busy getting a plan, meeting with doctors. Um, after the surgery, got the great news that you're cancer free and you're celebrating. And then you get the word from the oncologist that you have to have chemo. And um, while it's a great thing because it wards off it coming back and that's ultimately your goal, you're in the trenches for a while. And you know, trenches aren't fun, mm -hmm. but after the trench always comes the mountaintop. Right. But there, there was time, at, at one time, I remember vividly, um, my sister-in-law was at my house, um, my husband's sister, and I just said, oh my gosh, this is more than I can take. Like it, you know, and I just broke down and she just let me cry, she let me, she just hugged me and really there were no words. It was just, I need to have my moment. And then I came to the realization that I was the only one that was gonna have to fix the mascara. So there's really no time for that. So that was about it. Um, never question why. It was, why not me? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm strong enough. I can handle this. So yeah. give, it, give me your best shot. I've got it. You so know? you encouraged yourself and got your hope up and just yeah. knew that the God of hope was going to get you? Without hope, you have nothing. And yeah. Christ is our hope. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where your hope is. I mean, yeah. that's what you rest on is knowing that God is there. God will always be there. He will never leave you. Um, I would keep saying to myself, you know, Romans 8, 28, all this will work together for our good. Um, and I know I love the Lord. So I knew that at some point I would, you know, be through it. And it would be, be part of your testimony. Sometimes you just had to laugh mm -hmm. at things because if not, you might cry. Um, when we were talking yesterday, I was telling you, you know, the first time um, I had decided to not wear the wig. I was, oh, this story is... <laughs> it's hilarious, <laughs> it really. Is. And um, I decided not to wear the wig anymore. Coaching baseball, hot Texas summers, 100 degrees, and, you know, the fear of my wig falling off and all these <laughs> baseball boys seeing me. And I was just like, I, I'm ready to do this. Um, you know, and so... My hair was very short, but I dropped my son off at school and I said, hey, Hunter, when mom comes back, I mean, during the day while you're at school, I'm going to run and get my hair cut. And um, he said, okay, well, I get to school, get in the carpool line. I'm in the same car that I've driven his entire, you know, time that he's went to school. Um, and he comes walking out and he looks over at me and he just keeps walking. <laughs> so I have to get out of my car and say, hey, it's mom. And he looked at me like, I know your voice, but mom, what, what have you done? And so he gets in the car and he, sa he sits down and he, he said, mom, what in the world did Jody do to your hair? I said, what do you mean? I said, I just decided it's so hot. I wanted to cut it short. He said, mom, Jody really jacked it up. <laughs> and the innocence, you know, yeah. of a child from the mouth you got of the base. a bad hairdo, mom. He, yes. And so I just laughed because there was nothing else I could do. It wasn't the haircut I was used to but it was what, it's what normal was for that day. Yeah. And so 
I just laughed at him. He had no idea. No idea. No idea. He still doesn't know. And so we laugh. I mean, he's 16 today, you know? And so we just laughed about it and went on. But for about two or three years, every time I would go and get my hair cut, he would say, now, Mom, don't let Jody jack it up. <laughs> or don't, you're not cutting it real short again, are you? Yeah. And I would always be, no, no, I'm going to leave it a little bit longer. And he's like, okay. That's I was so just funny. making sure. And your hair came back beautifully. It did come back. Yeah. It, it did. It it does come back. And yeah. that, you know, it's God's promise is that he just doesn't leave us. Um, he'll always be there and, and he'll get you through. And when you can't walk through the valley, he's carrying you. Yeah. And I, I know that to be true. Yeah. And you're not, you're not just a survivor. You're an overcomer. I mean, you really have walked through this thing and not just made it through, but you've overcome. Overcoming that, you know, I heard that term before and I was like, you know, I think I'll wear that. I'll wear that term. I like that. I like mm -hmm. not just beating it, but getting through and being better, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, overcoming is, that's an accomplishment. What would you say to someone that is sitting there right now watching and maybe they are right in the middle of chemo or they're, they just got the diagnosis? What would you say to them? I would say, you know, to start with, before you, you had the diagnosis, you would say to yourself, I cannot do this. I would never be able to do what they did. And I said that about my mom and my aunt for years. But when it happens to you, you can. You can get through it. There's days, there's good days, there's bad days. And that's okay. That's part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get through it. And, and what worked for me was a countdown process on everything. My mom had shared this with me and said, this is what I did, let's, let's try this. And it was like the first chemo. It was like, this is the first one and there's eight, there of eight. Mm -hmm. So you have seven more to go. And you know, you get down to two, you'd have two and you'd say, okay, I'm a fourth of the way there, which mm -hmm. would shorten the distance for you. And you just kept your eye on the finish line and knew yes. that you wanted to run through it strong. And um, you know, uh, Isaiah 4031 would come to me. And I know there's times that sometimes after chemo, I would seriously walking think I would faint. And the end of that scripture would say, you will run and not be weary oh, and that's you, so good. you will walk and not okay. faint. Yeah. And I was like, I would just say that over and over to my, in my head till I believed it, till yeah. I knew that. That's so awesome. That's what I've been talking about is getting the word down in you. So when challenges of life just hit, hit you, you out yeah. of nowhere, yeah. you were just living life. But not when expecting. you get that word down in you, that when it comes, it starts coming out of it you. It just flows out of you. You can battle, you know, the devil comes at you with, with something. And when you just go back at him with the word that you know, and that's inside you, there's, there's not a fight. Yeah. You're, you're victorious either way. Yeah, that's so good. You are such an inspiration Aww. and just a powerful testimony of a God that can restore and bring hope when it seems like it's hopeless. And I'm telling you right now, if you feel that there's no way out, well, Jesus is the way. He is the way and he cares so much. And he was there for Lisa. Amen. And you know, we live in a world where bad things happen to good people. It just and happens. you can't make sense of it, but you can't sit there and question why, why, why did this happen to me? You're not a victim. You just get up and do what you got to do to get to the other side and become victorious, just like Lisa has done in her life. And then it will become 
your testimony. It will be, become part of your message. Are there any other scriptures that you used during that time? Yes. Um, I know Philippians, Philippians 4, 6. Yeah. I would, um, because every time you go to the doctor, you'd be anxious. And to this day, I'm still anxious when I go. I still get tested every six months and I'm anxious. And my nurses, they're so nice. They laugh at me and they, they know to call me that very next day because I want to know what my tumor marker is so yeah. I can praise God when it's down. Yeah. You know, but um, you're anxious. And so I would just keep going and repeating for, um, you know, repeating the verse and saying, do not be anxious for anything, mm -hmm. but in prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And, and I would, I, you know, and you can, God knows your heart. He, you can be as vulnerable as you need to be with him, yes. you know? And, and I remember one time, an, one of the nurses, my oncology nurse, her name is Sherry. And she, um, she could sense that I was nervous about getting the information about the first chemo and mm -hmm. what that entailed and, and um, just was not at peace. And she said, you know, I'm gonna walk out of this room and I'm gonna pray for a peace mm. that, no, that I can't explain, but I'm gonna pray for a peace over you. And it was at that time she walked out the door and it was the strongest feeling of God from head to wow. toe. It was That's just- set where it says it transcends Every all understanding. Part, yes. There, your heart and your mind. Yeah, all the, everything I was going through, all the results, all the tests, nothing there said, be calm. Mm -hmm. Nothing there, we couldn't understand why me, you know? So there was no, nothing on earth that would explain it, but yet I was at peace. Yeah. And it was that, the end of that verse, and verse seven that said, and the peace, that's unexplainable yeah. peace, that, will come over you and he will guard your heart and your mind and you know just guarding your mind so that you didn't go there with all the what-ifs mm -hmm. um my best friend would always want all the details and i said you know i just didn't ask mm -hmm. and i said i trust my doctors i trust in the lord and i just need to know enough to get me through today yeah if you go there i would just say don't you don't need to know all the details you don't need to go um that far in advance, just a day at a time. And sometimes it was a second at a time, you know, um, just to say, we've got this, mm -hmm. but don't get bogged down because yeah. the what ifs can scare you. Yeah. Um, they'll get in your mind, yeah. and, you know, and God doesn't want that. Well, all. if you're sitting there right now and her story has encouraged you, you know that the God of hope can do the very same thing for you in your life. He can come through big in every area of your life. So I pray that this testimony has encouraged you, raised your faith, given you hope, and know that God will come through for you too. Watch this announcement and we'll be right back in just a few moments.
Years ago, the Lord instructed Jerry Savelle to make an impact on the kingdom of God in Africa. As a friend and partner of Jerry Savelle Ministries, you've provided vital Bible school training to over 5,000 pastors and ministry leaders over the last 10 years. The hope and truth found in God's Word is needed now more than ever. Thank you for your faithful support of our worldwide outreaches. You're making a difference. If you've ever felt lost, desperate, discouraged, inadequate, or hopeless, you can find your freedom today. In his three-CD teaching, Overcoming the Spirit of Hopelessness, Jerry Savelle teaches from the Word, showing that no matter what you're going through in your life or how hopeless it may seem, God always has a way of escape. You don't have to settle for hopelessness. In the book, Free at Last from Oppression, Jerry Savelle shares how you can remove torment, recover from pressure, regain lost hope, and restore your peace. Become intolerant with attacks and fed up with bondage. Claim your freedom from oppression. In the real and down-to-earth CD teaching, Becoming Free, Jerry Ann Savelle shares her story of hope, healing, and freedom. Hear how she put bad decisions behind her with a full reliance in Jesus. Now is your chance. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request the Overcoming Hopelessness Package, including Overcoming the Spirit of Hopelessness, Free at Last from Oppression, and Becoming Free. Learn to overcome hopelessness and start trusting God for the victory. I have had the best time over the last several weeks encouraging you to overcome hopelessness. And I trust that it's been a blessing to you. If you didn't get to catch all the other shows, you can go on YouTube or our website and check those out. And also I wanna challenge you to go and get this package. It is such an awesome deal. It's Overcoming the Spirit of Hopelessness. It's CDs that Dad did. And then a book that Dad's written called Free at Last from Oppression. Awesome book, full of the word, confessions and prayers in there. And then a message that I did on becoming free. If you'd like more information on my ministry, you can go to jerryann.org. I want to leave you with this awesome scripture. It says, Psalms 27, 14, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. So I'm telling you that today to get your hope up and know that the God of hope lives down on the inside of you and will get you through anything and everything in Jesus' name. Have a great day. <laughs>